Hello and welcome to the Good Fight Podcast. I'm Brian Holm, flying solo today. Denver is in the car right now on his way back to Cedar City, although we're going to have a little segment with him in the middle today, kind of our our lightning round, where we'll talk uh, about the very fresh announcement by Donald Trump that he is indeed running for president. Uh, but in the meantime, we uh, I've, I've got some things that have been on my heart to talk about. Uh, I'm excited about this episode. I've been looking forward to recording it. I, I wish Denver could be here to record it with us. But I want to tell you a few of the reasons that um, we're just over a week out from the election right now when we're recording this. And I think it's given us enough time to reflect on some of the trends. We've got more of the final picture of the way things really have turned out. And we can get a little bit better perspective of things, how we see them going, the reality of those things, and how we see them playing out. And then even more importantly, talk about how we go from here in seeking to maximize on the gains that we made in the election and make up for some of the disappointments that we have. So uh, just before we go on any further, many of you know I'm a retired teacher And I suppose once a teacher, always a teacher. So teachers love giving homework. (laughs) So uh, I've got some homework for you today, and it's going to involve some some listening. I've got three resources I really would encourage you. They each touch three different aspects of this whole business that we're talking about, about the the good fight and what it really is about and what really our, our part is in it and deciding what our specific part is in it as individuals. So uh, one of those is from uh, a pair of, uh, of guys that are on the, the radio who uh, don't overtly make claims uh, to be Christian believers. I'm not exactly sure. Two of them are from Christian sources. Uh, and yet in so many ways, they are putting to helping put together the, the big puzzle of what we need to do. And all are important uh, parts of that. So uh, I, I'm really looking forward to having those work. The, the, the episode changed a little bit when Donald Trump announced and Denver and I wanted to weigh in on that as many other people are, but uh, we figured maybe uh, it, we would add our two cents worth to the list. But I just like to tell you why one of the, some of the reasons I'm invigor- invigorated about this, that as disappointing as the immediate situation was with losing some of those uh, uh, governor's races uh, that we thought were were such no-brainers like Kerry Lake in Arizona and uh, the Senate race in Pennsylvania and and other places that uh, I I am invigorated about it. And I want to tell you some of the reasons why. First of all, just the the disappointment, sometimes losing, losing a game or losing an election can really help sharpen you for the next uh, election or the next game ahead. But it's gotten me even more on my knees in prayer. And uh, that's been kind of a theme in my life the last few weeks and months. But it really has helped me to realize that as much as I want this stuff for our country, uh, that there's no guarantee that we're going to get it just like we saw or get all of it, just like we saw in the election. But uh, as much as I'm going to continue to pray for some of these specific things, because from what I can see, they're the best thing. I need to zoom out and make my main prayer uh, like from the Lord's Prayer, thy kingdom come and thy will be done. And God is still on his throne. He's still in control. 
And uh, that really helped me when I wrapped my head around that to even be able to pray for some of these specific things more effectively and not with that kind of grinding anxiety or burning in the pit of my stomach that, oh, no, what's going to happen if this this goes on? So it's been very helpful to me. The next thing is for me has been praying for his peace and joy and boldness and love and courage. Now, one of the themes of my of my studies on prayer is that when you know something's God is God's will, like those things I just listed, His peace, joy, boldness, love, and courage. Uh, in 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 when those are all balanced out according to His Word, uh, that there's no downside to any of these things at any any time. So I can latch onto those things in prayer and pray for each one of those of myself, knowing that that is God's will. Uh, for me. Now, it takes a long time to develop. I'm not trying to be a Pollyanna if you're really studying with something to just tell you to to, to shake it off and and, uh, and, and all. But uh, that's just where I've been coming from. And, and that's helped me be in a much better place. Uh, and so God, though all those things are God's idea. And it's possible for us to have uh, those in a healthy balance to a large measure. Not that we're not going to have down days and down times, and that's not expected of us. Uh, going on, I'm invigorated because uh, I'm I'm realizing that that uh, our side, for want of a better term, the the conservatives and uh, and and uh, Republicans, uh, we we did some things a lot more poorly than we needed to. I think we got a little cocky. If you listen to some of the stuff and even how I was feeling the day before the election, even election day, oh, we got this red wave, red tsunami. Uh, blah blah blah, and uh, a, a lot of the people that I know and trust uh, were have have had to back off and say, you know, I I know I said all that stuff, I said it in good faith, I had good research, I did my homework. That's how it looked. It was going to be. I was going to put my best foot forward, but it just didn't work out that way. So uh, and so we're we're in the midst of analyzing some of that stuff, and uh, it was pointed out to me uh, that. In some of this stuff, some of the choices that are being made in some people's mind that that there are a large group of people that that love darkness better than light. And we're not, we don't want to disparage everybody, but there really is. And that's one of our messages we have to get out there. There really is a battle between darkness and light. And I think that that's something we need to be good at making that case is that, yeah, there may be some things about this other candidate that that you might like, or some things that may be, you know, a little bit of a concern. But when you measure all things out, there's so many choices because of that, that should be as much as we might not like it. Just like uh, we go back to voting for Trump in 2016. Didn't really know it was going to happen. But given the alternative, that's the only alternative we had. And uh, we can go back and talk about a lot of good things that happened as a result of that choice. Um I think that uh, there are a lot of states that could have and needed to and should have tightened up some of their election practices, uh, like Arizona, for instance, and they just didn't do it. And so the same things that happened in 2020 that were that were questionable uh, ended up happening again, and we were dragged out for a long, long time. And so, um, uh, and, and that being said, I think that uh, too many candidates emphasized the 2020 election and we're trying to second guess that way too much. And as, as concerned as many of us are about that, that is in the past right now. And that just did not resonate with enough people for us to be able to make that a major concern of ours right now. Uh, 
there there were also um, some less than optimal candidates. And you could um, argue that um, uh, Dr. Oz and perhaps Herschel Walker, who we still you know, would like to win in Georgia for obvious reasons, and I'm going to work and probably donate to, to help win his runoff, may not have been the best candidates. And that's one of our goals is to try to find the best candidates and be able to discuss that and unite around those candidates. And wherever the candidate comes in, get behind them. Uh, I want to close out, and this has been kind of a long introduction, but uh, last week's quote, I think, is really good for us to remember. So if you remember James Garfield, uh, the future president who would uh, later be assassinated, uh, talking about Lincoln right after his assassination, when he was asked to say something in New York City, he said, God is still on his throne and the republic still lives. And we can we can affirm that, that God is still on his throne. He's the one that's in charge. We want to do our best as unto him, leave the results to him. And we, there's, our republic still lives. We still have freedom of speech. Let's use it. We still have federalism and the states and the state legislatures and the, the separation of powers. And we need to use them. We need to, to come against the, uh, the, the, unlawful and and wrong use of power by those that are in leadership, unconstitutional power. They need to be called on that and held to account for that. So uh, going on from here, I'll uh, talk about a couple of those resources in the next segment and uh, help encourage you to uh, kind of get your homework done to be able to listen to those and follow up. Be back in a second. I'm back talking about uh, being steadfast and figuring out how we can go on and and, uh, help leverage the good things and learn from the things of concern from the last election to be able to uh, help us as we go forward from here. So remember, I had some homework for you, and I want to tell you about uh, your first two homework assignments to do some listening this week. Uh, The first one comes from uh, Clay Travis and Buck Sexton, and they are a very fascinating pair of 40-something guys who uh, seem to really have a lot of wonderful background and get along well together. And they have kind of taken over uh, Rush Limbaugh's time slot and and audience and and have kind of been charged with carrying on that mission and legacy that uh, he did to, to help us uh, be aware of so many of the issues, to tackle the issues with uh, a lot of good humor and insight and uh, and be very inspiring. Uh, now, they uh, they have a different style. Uh, it's so interesting that they, they record remotely, like Denver and I do, three hours uh, every day, that nine to noon uh, Pacific, 12 to three Eastern time slot. And they do a really good job from both their perspectives in in really giving a lay of the land and having some wonderful guests on. They have a huge national audience uh, growing all the time. They're out on a podcast. They're each involved in the media in their own way. Uh, one of them is a well-known uh, sports uh, caster and sports aficionado. The other one's a lawyer and former CIA agent. And it, it just is a very pleasing combination. So I'm glad that if you're not aware of them, I'm glad to introduce them to you. But my, uh, Monday morning, the 14th, uh, they, they divide each of their shows into three segments. So their first segment is what our first homework assignment is. And they 
put out a, a segment just really giving, and they, they made a sports analogy. It's like it's, it's Monday morning or it's Monday and it's the team meeting after they lost the game on Friday. So they're really trying to, in the midst of their disappointment, they're trying to figure out what they need to do to win the next game. How do they learn from the, uh, the, the mistakes of the game and going on? It's a really good analysis of that. And, and I think it's good for us, even as Christian believers who listen to a lot of, of, of Christian speakers speak from a biblical worldview, biblical perspective. Uh, and it's really good for them to talk about some of this, the political mechanics and the, the real world, real time uh, uh, issues that are out there and considerations that are out there of everybody, not just Christian believers, but everybody that's out there. And really, uh, as we seek to promote the truth and, and, and promote these things that we're trying to, that will present such a positive and wonderful way forward for a family and can can illustrate some of the uh, the very insidiously bad things uh, about where the Democratic Party has gone, uh, that uh, it, it's really a good perspective. So they really lay out some of the things that uh, they feel like went wrong. Like, uh, for instance, they, they felt like uh, uh, in terms of the abortion question, and for those of us that are pro-life and believe that every uh, unborn life is a human life, uh, and yet just we need to, to to realize that out there in the culture that uh, there are a lot of people that don't have that same foundation and that, that as we seek to address this issue, uh, they pointed out that many candidates that, that, that gave a firm hard line that there should be not be any abortion for any reason at all. And that should be codified into law uh, that, that, that was a little bit too scary for some people. And I think that's a really good dialogue for us to have and maybe do a segment on or uh, episode on the other day is that how do we do that? And yet the, our, our position as believers on that is very important as we start to choose candidates uh, in our states, especially blue states like California. And if we want to turn this around, we've got to understand what, what is a realistic thing that we think enough people will be able to embrace that we can get good candidates elected. So that was one thing they pointed out. Uh, they talked about uh, the candidate quality, like I mentioned before. They talked about the um, the fixing the election integrity. They talked about how independents uh, just did not quite break for the Republicans like like we thought they would or what some of the uh, reasons were from that. They talked about the election integrity stuff in and, and the states and not fixing problems that are there and the states where things worked and where they didn't. So I just would really encourage you to listen to that because for all of us, as we think about how we're going to use our time and, and start now on working on this, we've got to be aware of what some of these practical considerations are as we uh, go forward from there. The second resource uh, comes from uh, my church, Calvary Chapel, Chino Hills, and it was from a, a message given by one of their staff people, a wonderful young uh, pastor by the name of Joel Pickett, and uh, the title of his message was Unmoved, and he talked about uh, from Scripture, and I'll read that Scripture quote in a second, but he talked about for us as believers and really uh, truth seekers and people that really believe that there's such a thing as, as objective, absolute truth is that we need to identify what those truths are. And we're not talking about what flavor of ice cream is best and some of the you know, non-essential issues that good people can disagree on. But once we identify that, we have to be steadfast and immovable. 
the the statistics are out that that a majority of people don't believe in abortion up to the point of birth and and not so we need to figure out how to get the language right so that we can acknowledge as much as possible that life issue uh, and things like that. So I, I really want you to be encouraged by that. He talked about some great biblical examples. And I think, you know, whether you are a, a churchgoer uh, or not, I think this could be very helpful to help us know how to be steadfast and how important it is for us to stand. So here's the scripture he used. And I'm going to read it in two different versions. Uh, it's the end of the book of First Corinthians, uh, the chapter First Corinthians 15, which is a wonderful soaring chapter about the resurrection of Jesus, how important it is uh, for that to be be truth. And yet he, he, and he sums up uh, that about standing on truth. And I think we could say that about standing on, on any kind of truth with a capital T. Uh, that we need to have this. So he he says uh, uh, in one version, therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord, your labor is not in vain. So that's the way the English standard version puts it. So another version I've been really enjoying, this is the version I use for my, uh, my Through the Bible in a Year program that I read. It's the New Living Translation. So in there it says, So my dear brothers and sisters, be strong and immovable. Always work enthusiastically for the Lord, for you know that nothing you do for the Lord is ever useless. So I think that's encouraging for us as we look back. If we really tried to do our best or just do a little bit more than we did at the last election, even though some of the stuff like Proposition 1 uh, didn't pass or, or did pass that we didn't want to pass, or some candidates got uh, got elected we didn't want, that we can know that that we tried to do something and we can redouble our efforts to try to do more, to try to see, once again, what your place in that good fight is and how we can do even more right now. But looking forward in the future, too, that we've got to stand for truth and uh, and and not buckle down when people disagree with us or try to cancel us. That so much of the arguments, people will not argue or engage with us on basis of the facts or the basis of the evidence that their argument is so weak that they have to cancel us or try to demean us as people. We don't have to do that. Our our war is uh, is against ideas. And uh, only secondarily, the people that embrace those ideas, we're trying to help help persuade and and understand uh, and, and rally around the truth and be able to try to find a, a unified way of, uh, forward where we can embrace our liberty. So that's your first two homework assignments. And I really hope that you'll do that. And, and let us know what you think. If you've got questions about these things, uh, let us know what you think. Uh, but we'll be back in a second for that segment with Denver. So you'll get to hear his voice uh, a little bit anyway in this episode. Be right back. We are back, and uh, we are welcome for a little while. Our special guest and uh, beloved co-host, Denver, uh, from an undisclosed area on I-15 on his way back up to Cedar City. But uh, just breaking today while we were recording, uh, Donald Trump announced uh, his candidacy for president. So we thought we would uh, kind of strike while the iron is hot and, and give a little bit of commentary on that and kind of what that means for us. 
and uh, since Denver, they are longing to hear your voice and uh, have heard way too much of mine so far. Why don't you uh, go ahead and get us started? What do you think? <laughs> well, um, yeah, so I did I did watch it in its entirety last night, um, and I think, you know, I was really hoping and praying throughout the week that this announcement wasn't necessarily going to be, you know, him running for president, but it's what I thought it was going to be. Um, and, you know, some of the positives... I think he didn't, you know, didn't mention the, uh, the 2020 election a lot, which is good. Um, and I think moving forward, we have to uh, stray away from stray away from mentioning it um, and kind of move forward and look towards 2024 rather than what's happened in the past. He offered some good insights on midterms, um, but then he also just had his regular Trump blunders. Um, which is, I guess, understandable because it's hard to change the way the person the person is. But, um, you know, we're going to have to see what comes of it. And um, I think this is not going to scare other Republicans from running. I think that's what Trump thought it was going to be. But I don't think that's going to be the case. Okay. No, that's good. And I think for us and our listeners, obviously, no matter how we feel about him, uh, number one, he is definitely um, a presence. And that uh, does not have to be not necessarily a bad thing uh, and uh, could, in the right context, be a very good thing. And uh, so we just have to, to think about for us what uh, our, our position is going to be and what we would encourage uh, for that, and really, the, the the end goal is that the the agenda of the the leftist, the Democrat Party, uh, by and large, uh, is such that it's got to be come come against, and the the things that are being wrought in our society and our country as a result of that agenda are bad, and uh, for everybody, most everybody, I'd say. And so we've got to figure out a way to, to leverage this. And uh, just like the rest of our episode today, it's trying to get our head around the whole thing and how we are going to bring this message, which is so good, to enough people in the right way to, to get accomplished uh, what's going to be best for everybody. Yeah, I agree. And um, I think, uh, Brian, when we were talking earlier, you said it very well that Donald Trump is going to have to earn our support back. And it's not something that's guaranteed. And I think there are a lot of other good candidates. Uh, but who's going to be able to unite us? Who's going to be able to send the right message? That's what I'm doing. Yes. And uh, Clay Travis and Buck Sexton uh, just on their program today. And they're, they're the people that have recorded the one of the resources we're recommending this week. But they, they were pointing out, too, that uh, the the internal discussion amongst the members of the of the fam the party family so to speak all all the candidates e even if we mix it up a little bit that's going to ultimately be good it's going to get us ready for the for the main event you know if you think about it in, in boxing terms it's the kind of sparring and the kind of preparation and training that it's going to take to get us ready for the main event and yet just like as as families should do by and large that when it comes to the the that main event we need need to unify and we need to make sure that we are out for the good of the country and to get uh, good 
people this time on the Republican side, enough of them elected to really affect the kind of change that we want. And that's what makes it sad to me about people like the McConnells and the Bushes and the Cheneys. And it seems like they didn't get their way and they don't particularly like Donald Trump. And so they're going to pack up their marbles and go home. And that's not a good thing for any of us. Yeah. And, you know, it's a good point that if we think of it from a family perspective, families, sometimes you need tough love. And um, if that means that we got to move on from McConnell's and 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 get new leadership, then that's what it's going to have to take. Um, and so I, I think that kind of perspective is very good. Uh, but I, we have to be much more united. I think coming together and realizing what together. did and didn't realize for the midterms and moving on from it is exactly what. Yep. Well, I'm glad the two of us agree. Now we just have to get enough other people to agree to, to really make it happen. But uh, once again, as the, as the episode is kind of themed around uh, now what do we do and, and the long game, the ground game and, and all, that now we do have some time, but we've really got to take advantage of the time and really not just kind of go to sleep and go back to uh, in, enjoying uh, ourselves and our other pursuits. We've got to really dedicate uh, for one... I mean, it's a wonderful term, our, our lives, which means our time, our fortunes, our money, and our sacred honor, which means the, the responsibility to, to dedicate the other two. We've got to all commit uh, in, in some form or fashion to that if we're going to be successful in 24. Yeah, and I think if you guys listened to the podcast last week, I mentioned how disappointed I was with some of my uh, co-workers. And um, that, for me, my responsibility is to start conversations now so that in 2024, they will get out and vote. Yes, and those conversations take time. We can't just send links and we can't say, hey, read this. Uh, we've got to engage with people. And that uh, that does take time and effort. And and yet that it's worth it. And it's only worth so much time looking back. I, I, th- I really do think that it's important to in, try to, in states and counties, fix the election issues so that the election doesn't get dragged out. Uh, so things like that are really important. But I and I didn't listen to Trump's thing last night. But from what I, from what I understand, he did not dwell uh, in the past. He was very forward looking. And I think that's a, a good reminder for all of us to do the same thing. Yep, I just hope you can keep it up, you know, um, and that's something we can certainly pray for, too. Um, you know, we definitely want we want the best for Donald Trump. You know, if he is going to be the, the leader of the party, uh, then he needs our prayer. And uh, uh, we just have to kind of see what happens. But um, I think it will be a, a good exercise for Republicans to kind of figure out what we want. Yes, exactly. And it was also pointed out that we, we don't want Trump to be a zombie. You know, that, that's one of the things. He, he, at his best, he's very inspiring and, and has, has somewhat a winsome quality to him. And, and we don't want him to, to, to get devoid of all that. We just want him to do it with, with, with wisdom. But, uh, and, and like you say, Denver, it's really good to, to pray. I've, I've really been praying that God would deal with him. And uh, like we said, I think last time, we got to pray that for ourselves first. <laughs> That's the hard part. And yet, uh, 
I tried to mention earlier, God's dealing with me, and I think some really, really great ways uh, this week. And and uh, I think we can trust Him to do that if we just take the time and be open to it. Yep, absolutely. Well, thank you for the time, uh, Denver. Uh, feel free to weigh in on anything else, but uh, we want you to have a safe rest of your drive, and and uh, we'll look forward to to uh, being able to, to keep on recording and helping equip ourselves and others for the, the good fight here. Yep, I'm looking forward to it, and I'm also looking forward to being home about two and a half hours. All right, there you go. All right, well, we'll talk to you later, and uh, audience, I'll be right back with uh, another segment. So thanks. Okay. Bye. Bye. I'm back, and we wish Denver a safe trip home. And really glad he was able to weigh in on that, even from the car. So how about that for our our technology that we have right now. Uh, the other uh, couple of segments have been kind of long, so I'm going to make this one short. Uh, and probably the, this last resource really is worthy of a whole episode and 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 much uh, unpacking because uh, this particular speaker got a lot in during this time, and it's a, it's a veritable history lesson in so many of the good things that uh, that he had to say. So I, I will say uh, that the resource is uh, an, another presentation from uh, Calvary Chapel Chino Hills. Uh, there's a man named Seth Gruber who is uh, a, a a young Christian believer. He even, he, he bills himself as a, as a pro-life activist. And I think as you listen to this, he speaks very much in that vein. He's very passionate. He's very forward about what he believes, and he's very bold in proclaiming what he thinks is the truth. And uh, so I, I think it's good for us here, and I, I just want to look at it from this, this point of view. It's good for us to remember to be able to separate out the truth from the tone. And I, I I don't think the tone of this uh, particular message is is uh, is very offensive, uh, and yet it, it's really important for us to, in other words, to separate the product from the packaging. And so for us, I think we need to be big enough, intellectually honest enough, to be able to sift out truth even even from a source that we may not particularly like or may not agree with everything that they have to say, and yet realize and be able to discern whether these people are, are we can embrace as, as, as pretty much our allies in this uh, good fight, so to speak, uh, or not. And so I, I present this to you in that light. Uh, but Seth Gruber uh, spoke for, uh, you know, it's over an hour, hour and 20 minutes, and uh, uh, in, in church, I can turn around and watch the little clock. And uh, he, he went over by quite a bit of time. But I'm telling you, people were spellbound, including me, and just wanting more and more of it. But uh, obviously, he, he's a pro-life activist and goes at things from that. But it really embraces so many of the truths that we are trying to put uh, put across and that we are trying to uh, identify for people as good foundations that they can make decisions on, difficult decisions about who to vote for, how to really come down on an issue, what really works best, what is a good uh, uh, argument uh, versus just an emotional argument. And so he he's really giving us uh, the foundations in all of this area. So don't just think it's going to be a, a talk about abortion, uh, which 
that's is kind of his uh, his inroad that he makes, but it's so much more than that. So I would just say, and and just to tell you that there uh, there are things that I I mean I, I think I've listened to this at least three times, and I plan on doing it more. I've made a lot of notes on it. There's wonderful quotes from a lot of different people. Uh, it, there are some heroes of what we believe, and there are some villains uh, that he identifies uh, that are there. And just some of the things that I think we need to realize that uh, that uh, that there are some you may not like the approach and it doesn't have to be your approach. And yet let's try to discern the truth from it. Like, for instance, he calls out some individuals and institutions. I'm not sure if I want to do that on our podcast. And yet I would have to say and as you listen. I want to call these individuals out. I don't disagree with any of the things he said. And I think sometimes that that's necessary to do that and that it's not necessarily a, um, uh, a non-loving thing to do, but he, he does do that. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to do some things to maybe get you to listen to it a little bit more, but from, from the history standpoint, uh, I really would like for you to uh, to interact with that. And once again, let us know. Let send us an email and let us know what you liked or what you didn't like about the tone, or what he said, or what you can embrace and and what you can't, and um, uh, just kind of see what you have to say from there. I uh, want to just point out one of the things that he talked about, and we um, he he referred to uh, a famous quote by uh, C.S. Lewis uh, talking about. Uh, how society, uh, modern society has made men without chests. And so I think we can, you know, translate that generically people without chests. And, and what he meant was that, um, uh, that ideally the, uh, the, the mind or the head, uh, the, 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 the intellect will rule the belly, which is the kind of animal part of our uh, existence through the heart uh, which is our our conscience, our sense of right and wrong, our morality, um, uh, and that kind of compass. And what uh, C.S. Lewis has said that that we make men without chest, in other words, with no heart. That they're uh, that it's only the intellect which is going to tend to rationalize what the belly or the animal wants. And so he takes more time to explain that. It, it takes a while for us for us to chew on for that. But uh, I think that's very important for us to think about is that, that the important, like our golden triangle of freedom, that, that freedom requires virtue, which requires faith. And that's that whole heart thing. And with, if you take that out, uh, trying to remove the conscience or remove truth, then there are going to be problems. And I think we, he does a good job of tracking some of the problems uh, that are, are there. So I just want to pique your interest a little bit on that. I, I hope I have done that enough to get you to listen and to try to interact with us a little bit more as we uh, maybe present some more of that in a later episode. I'll be back in just a second with our conclusion and uh, our quote of the week. Be right back. I'm back to conclude this week's episode. I'll make this really short since the rest of it's been really long, uh, but hopefully helpful. Uh, just a couple things on in, in light of all this, what should we kind of think about is how we go on from here and how we can try to figure out what is our place in this good fight. 
And just a couple of points here, and then I'll give you the uh, the quote. But I, I think it's really important for us to look forward and present a positive vision. And that's that whole thing about the, the God's peace and God's joy. That will help us because no matter what happens, we have we have a blessed hope in Christ that our, our vision is positive uh, long-term, no matter what it looks like for us here temporarily. And again, for the sake of our society, children, grandchildren, preserving our liberty, uh, that we want to work as hard as we can for that. And that's what we would love to have happen. And yet, uh, we can be more positive about the short term if we're positive about that vision in the long term that God's still in control. Uh, just figure out how to fix election election issues and promote confidence for everybody in elections. So there's no question about no matter how we feel about it that the right votes uh, were were counted uh, and that the right uh, count was put forth and that that person has declared the winner as quickly as possible. I think we can do better on that. Next thing, we need to learn to play the election game, honesty and with integrity. One thing is that for those of us that look like, at least for the time being, we're stuck with the mail-in voting, which is so befraught with problems, but let's get people to vote early so that we can check in on people and try to follow up on people that haven't voted uh, at the last minute instead of depending on everybody going on election day like so many of us have been used to for so long. Uh, I want to point out it's going to be costly. And so let's figure that right now. We've got to devote some of our time, our TV time or our screen time on our phone, playing games, whatever else we like to do. Uh, Not all of it, because one of the things I'm realizing, I got to have a life in, in, uh, and, and not be all consumed by this. So I get that, but, but everybody's got to dedicate some time. So our, 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 uh, our lives, fortunes and sacred honor. So our life, our, our time, our minds, our, our engagement with this intellectually, our fortunes, our money, and maybe even more valuable, our time set aside some money to be able to dedicate to some of this, uh, this stuff. And our sacred honor are being confident that in the, in the truth we're trying to put forward and the path and being able to be winsome and engaging and taking time to meet with people. That's another thing that we're going to have to really understand is that we can't just send links and, hey, read this. We've got to engage with people, learn how to ask the right questions, learn how to respond and listen to people where they're coming from and to to make the case for why the point, the path we're proposing forward and the candidates we're proposing are going to address those things a lot better. Uh, and we need to start now. So do your homework, <laughs> uh, exercise your free speech while we still have it. Uh, like we said, set aside those things and uh, really pray and think about what your particular passion is, what your interest is, what your sphere of influence is, whether it's your neighbors, your friends group, your club, uh, your friends on social media. And then finally, uh, pray uh, and, and read and study the Bible and seek like-minded people to associate with. And th- those things will really help us going, good, uh, going forward to be able to uh, to fight that good fight. And um, I want to conclude here with another uh, uh, quote from Scripture. And uh, once again, I think this is really good. It's from the end of Hebrews 13. Uh, it talks about, in this case, about God's discipline. And, and God tells us in, in the Bible that, you know, whom he loves, he disciplines. So if he's disciplining us, then that's a good sign that he means he loves us. And I don't want to overly spiritualize this passage, but if we're believers, uh, I know for myself, 
I am learning a lot. I've, I've been disciplined in some ways uh, uh, by the results of this election. And uh, I think I'm more insightful about what God's place for me is in this. Um, and yet to realize uh, what this is, uh, what this is saying. So uh, here it, it is, Hebrews 13, 11 through 13 from the New Living Translation. But God's discipline is always good for us so that we might share in his holiness. No discipline is enjoyable while it's happening. It's painful. But afterwards, there will be peaceful harvest of right living for those who are trained in this way. So take a new grip with your tired hands and strengthen your weak knees. Mark out a straight path for your feet so that those who are weak and lame will not fail, but become strong. So once again, for us weary uh, warriors in the good fight, take a new grip with those tired hands and strengthen our weak knees so we can mark out a straight path, according to his word, by the way, straight path for your feet so that those who are weak and lame will not fail but become strong. Email us at goodfight71 at gmail.com. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, on iHeart, and on Spotify. Uh, let us know if you'd like to be added to the email uh, link for the podcast and for the little newsletter that lists uh, some of the resources. We love you very much and wish you a blessed Thanksgiving as we're getting, getting ready for that. We have so much to be thankful for. God is so good. God is on his throne and the Republic still lives. Let's keep up the good fight, everybody. Goodbye. <laughs>